Hey guys, uh, you guys probably know me from the worship team, uh, but if we haven't met, my name is Tim. Wow. Okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm one of the staff members with Chi Alpha. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, last time I spoke, I said this, this is the best job ever, and you know, nothing's changed, so that's cool. Uh, if, you, if you didn't know, I am actually legally blind. Um, really? Cool. Yeah. So, like, it says it on my, like, license and stuff. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually really excited for the, the Christmas season coming up because one of my favorite things of all time is to look at Christmas trees without my glasses on. Uh, if you know, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, I'm also married to my lovely wife, Shana. We're there. Yep. She's, like, my favorite. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, she also has glasses, uh, but not nearly as bad a vision as me. So maybe, like, our future kids have, like, potential to have decent eyesight. I don't know. There's hope. Yeah, there's some hope. Mm-hmm. Won't be from me. Yeah. Well, tonight we're going to be continuing our series on foundations, and we're essentially asking the question, what is worthy of building our entire life's foundations on? I'm sure that all of us can recognize that there are about a billion other sources that tell us how to live. And probably a number of those tell us whatever we want to hear. Uh, but as followers of Jesus, we can't let TikTok or YouTube shorts dictate how we live our lives. We need to learn that from the author of life himself. It's Jesus. So far in this series, we've found um, that there's a scriptural foundation in building our lives around community, and truth, Jesus himself, and discipleship, our identity, and in mission. And today, we'll be talking about a topic that I personally had a, had a pretty difficult time growing in, and that's worship. So tonight, we're going to be talking about how we can build a foundation on worshiping Jesus. But before we get into that, would you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you that you are worthy. You're worthy to be worshiped. Thank you that you're, yeah, you're worthy of basing our lives around. Lord, thanks that you teach us how to live. Um, Lord, I pray that tonight we'll be people who, who like hear from you and respond to you, and that we'd be a people who, that worships you with all of our heart and our, our soul and our mind and our strength. Yeah, would you speak to us tonight, Jesus? We love you. Amen. All right, so the first question that we have to address is what is worship? What is worship? Okay, we get this word from an old English word, and it's, it's worth-ship. And the definition of worth-ship is attributing the utmost value to something in such a way that it changes your entire way of life. Worth-ship, or worship, is attributing the utmost value to something in such a way that it changes your entire way of life. In other words, it's giving extreme or supreme worth to something. And this word worship, it doesn't really mean a single act, like singing um, or something like that, but it's, it's actually referring to a lifestyle. And I, I recognize that in our, like, our church context, our Christian context, we generally use this word worship to mean singing. Um, so I'll, actu- I'll refer to that as musical worship, just so there's no confusion. But Bible pastors, would you guys come on down? Um, yeah, we're going to look at three different sections um, three brief sections um, of, of scripture that talk about worship. 
Um, yeah, and for those of you who don't know, you just raise your, your hand if you want a Bible, um, and that's like the universal signal, and you can keep that. That's our gift to you. Yeah, so let's, let's jump right in. We're going to go to Romans 12 first. Yeah, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yeah, it's also on the screen uh, right here, I think. It says, this is Paul writing, and he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you notice Paul's word choice here, he says living sacrifice. Well, what do you guys think he means by that? I mean, he's certainly not talking about someone physically sacrificing their life, right? Well, if that were the case, that would actually be, that wouldn't be a living sacrifice. That'd be a dead sacrifice. Um, but yeah, but what Paul is actually referring to is living for Jesus. In other words, let your living Display the worthiness of God. Let your living behavior show what you worship most. Hopefully, it's Jesus. And actually, Paul says that this is your true and proper worship to God. It's our intended purpose. It's to show others. It's to display the worthiness of God. Let's go on to the next section. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Paul writes, Do you not know that your bodies are temples? Of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And Paul is telling us yet again to use our living bodies as a way to glorify God. He says that every aspect of our lives should bring glory to God. So the very purpose for our bodies is to make Jesus famous. Okay, let's flip to another section. John 4, and it's on the screen behind me. John 4, 21 through 24. Um, in this context, Jesus is speaking to a Samaritan woman who had just asked him about Jewish versus Samaritan customs. And he responds with, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And looking at the full context of this, we see Jesus here, and he's talking to a Samaritan woman, and Samaritans were actually known for worshiping their gods on Mount Gerizim, while Jews worshiped God on Mount Zion. And Jesus is simply pointing out to this woman that the location of worship doesn't matter. There isn't one sacred place where God can be reached. It's not like there's like a, a Verizon cell tower to God, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah, Jesus is meant to be worshipped everywhere, every day, all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, so as we can see from these, these passages that speak about worship as a lifestyle and not as a confined, or not confined to a place, a time, or an event. So a question for you guys. How are you doing at viewing your life as a means to worship Jesus? How are you doing? How are you doing at viewing your life as a means to worship Jesus? 
Have you ever thought of your lifestyle as worship to, to your creator? Yeah, let's, let's look back at the definition of, of worship or worship. So that's attributing the utmost value to something in such a way that it changes your entire way of life. So just think here, what, what kind of things do we worship? And I'm sure in, in each of our lives, there is something that we attribute too much value to. It could be your hobby, it could be your grades, your favorite sports team, your phone, your image, your relationship, your political views. Well, the thing that I used to hold above all else was music. And as a music major, I was, I was sucked into this world where everything revolved around, quote, the music. Um, so phrases like, it's all about the music, or the definition of fun is playing the heck out of the music, were like extremely common in, in like my daily life as a music major. And soon, I too fell into this worshiping of the music. And I didn't even realize that music had become an idol in my life. It became something that I ascribed ultimate value to. See, I would, I would come to Chi Alpha, and, I would, and when we sang, it actually it wouldn't be to glorify God. It would be to enjoy the music. It would be to find harmonies and show off to other people or to think about different ways that the chord progression could be improved in a song. <laughs> yeah, not only did this distract me heavily from my main purpose of worshiping God, it just consumed my whole life. That's what idols do. They consume our lives. And here's the truth of the matter. If we worship anything else but the living God, our lives will be distorted. If we worship anything else but the living God, our lives will be distorted. And that's actually because we weren't meant to worship anything else. Not only that, but our lives will be distorted to match the very thing we attribute value to. So let me explain. If we, if we worship education, for example, we will give too much value to our grades. If we worship our image, we will do anything to make us look good, oftentimes becoming a people pleaser. If we worship our political party, we'll be swayed by our echo chamber of news sources. If we worship our phone, we'll spend just an insane amount of time on our phone, distracted. Um, if we worship our romantic relationship, we'll look to our partner for everything, not Jesus, creating codependency. Not a good thing, by the way. But when we attribute the utmost value to God with our entire lives, we become more like him. So when we are consistent at worshiping God, we change. Do you guys see how this works? Whatever we value most, whatever we worship, we become like. Our worship of something changes our actions and our thought patterns. For example, as I said earlier, that music was a major idol in my life. Um, and that meant that I prioritized everything music over anything else. Music dictated what I did because I valued it so highly. So here's, here's kind of how that played out. Um, I had signed up for one of the Chi Alpha winter classes taught by Tony Wynn, Melissa's husband, yep. Um, and I, I had committed to go to every class. But whenever a music thing came up, I wouldn't go to class. <laughs> so I probably missed like 75% of that class because of a music excuse. So, Tony's not here, but I apologize, Tony. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tony. My bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and in fact, most everything in life 
whether it was spiritual or not, would be neglected if something music-related came up. Um, I definitely should have seen that as a warning sign, um, but at that time, again, music had just consumed my life. So qu again, question for you guys. Is there something in your life that is dictating how you make decisions? Is there something in your life that's dictating how you make decisions? It's really important for us to reflect on that. Because there's always going to be something. And if, if we aren't worshiping God, we will worship something else. And even if we are worshiping God, there's always something that is also competing for our attention. Are you aware of the things in your life that distract you from worshiping God? Are you aware? Do you see any warning signs in your life that, that show that you might have an idol in your life? Today in the church world, like I said earlier, we tend to think of worship as just like singing at church. Well, do you guys know that worship of Jesus doesn't just happen in Chi Alpha on Tuesdays or church on Sundays. True worship of Jesus happens in lifestyle, in our everyday lives. I mean, have, have you ever thought of your God times as a means of worship? Did you know that you can worship God on the way to class? Did you know that you can worship God while in class? or worship by making a friend for Jesus. And that's because worshiping God extends to obeying him in our everyday lives. It's because worshiping God extends to obeying him in our everyday lives. This is how we worship him daily, is we obey him. Jesus himself says, if you love me, keep my commands. My junior year of college, um, we were, I was preparing to go um, on an SPO trip, actually, to Canada with Brayden. There's Brayden. Hey. Yep. Uh, and we prepared by doing this thing that we call friending, which is essentially talking to strangers about faith and spirituality. And so I was partnered up with one of my teammates, and we met up in Holmes, and we ended up talking to um, one of the CW professors. He, he was, like, looked really young, so I thought he was a student, but he's a professor. Um, and I, I knew that he wasn't a Christian, and so as, as an act of worship, I actually decided to take one of his classes so that I could image Jesus in his class. I would stay late after class and talk to him. I would do my homework, show up on time, participate in class. And I, I wouldn't have chosen to, to take that class if I didn't have the realization that worship comes down to obedience. And, and obedience comes down to choosing to look like Jesus with our entire lives. It's because worship changes us. Do you see, you see what I'm saying? I mean, have you ever thought about viewing your classes as a place to worship Jesus? How many of your teachers or classmates don't know Jesus? Or how many have a negative understanding of what a Christ follower looks like? So that leads to the third application question, which is, do other people know you worship Jesus by how you act? Why or why not? Do other people know? that you worship Jesus by how you act. See, I, I tell this story not to, to brag, but to demonstrate what can happen when you worship the Lord in your day-to-day. -day. I mean, imagine if we were conscious of, of who the Holy Spirit is leading us to talk to on the daily. What if we were con to consistently ask him, what are you doing here, Lord? How can I partner with you today? Just to think of what could happen. Over the past two weeks, we've been talking about missions, 
And Melissa had her bomb.com message mm-hmm. two weeks ago about building a foundation on living missionally. And then we had our SPO night last week. Side note, love SPO. Some of my favorite experiences in college from SPO. But turns out, um, missions is a great way for us to worship and obey Jesus. Do you, like, do, you, do you guys know why we do missions? Well, in the famous words of John Piper, missions exists because worship doesn't. Missions exists because worship doesn't. See, the, the whole point of living missionally is so that others can know Christ. When Jesus tells us to make disciples in the Great Commission, he tells us to make worshipers of God. That's what a disciple is. And when we disciple others, we are helping them understand and grow in their understanding of themselves as worshipers of Jesus. Does that make sense? So all of this leads me to conclude with two points, both of which can be applied to worship as a lifestyle and worship as a, music, as a musical worship. So number one, worship is a choice and not a feeling. Worship is a choice and not a feeling. All of us come to Chi Alpha with different spiritual or emotional conditions. And maybe you're energized, maybe you're just kind of neutral or disheartened or disillusioned. And regardless of how we feel beforehand, we have an active choice to make. Actively making a choice looks like initiating, which is to choose to fully participate in worship and to keep choosing to focus and refocus on God. I know I get distracted a lot, but like this, this, the point of this is, yeah, it's a focus and a refocus. It's to choose to focus and refocus. And this can be applied, again, as, as both musical worship and worship as a lifestyle. In worship as a lifestyle, we choose to live for Jesus and what he stands for. We choose to center our lives around Jesus because he isn't just a fragment or a part of our lives. He's at the center of our lives, the throne of our lives. And as far as musical worship, when I, when I choose to worship, I also choose to lift my hands. And that's not because it's an emotional response, although that, that can be a thing too. Um, but for me, it's an active choice to physically posture myself because I know that my heart posture is likely to follow. So I, I acknowledge Jesus as king, and I surrender to him by lifting my hands. I choose to lift my hands out of obedience rather than due to a feeling. In Chi Alpha, we actually have three musical worship values, and it's an acronym, um, and it's SPF. Yes, it's like sun protection factor, but you know, just as we coat ourselves with sunscreen, we need to coat ourselves with worship. All right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, the is SPF. What does it stand for? S is S stands for sacred. So worship is a sacred place that's set apart and holy and intended for us to enter into the very presence of God himself, sit at the feet of Jesus, listen to the Holy Spirit. This is one of our values, that, we, that, we, that our worship is sacred. P is, stands for, for purposeful. See, we don't want our worship time to just be singing. We need to know why. We need to know why we worship, or else it's just a meaningless song. And the F stands for famous. The point of musical worship as well as worshiping in, a li- in our lifestyle, isn't to make us comfortable. It's actually to make Jesus famous. And to be honest, I was, I was extremely uncomfortable when I first started raising my hands in worship. See, I grew up in a Presbyterian church uh, where there was literally only one guy who would raise his hands, 
So he was the weirdo. Um, and so for me, I had to let go of my pride um, when I was worshiping. I had to ask myself the question, am I willing to look foolish so that Jesus would be made famous? Am I willing to look foolish so that Jesus would be made famous? And see, that's, that's often one roadblock that gets in the way of our worship. It's our pride and our image. Like, how do people, like, will people hear what I'm sound like? You know, all, the, all those thoughts. Another component might be sin. Sometimes sin gets in the way of our worship. I know that I felt like I wasn't worthy to sing to God. I felt like my sin was literally blocking me from engaging with God. Well, I would say, don't use that as an excuse. Use that time to confess to someone you trust what you've been going through. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we understand the fact that Jesus forgives us, our feelings will follow. And yeah, it says our, our worship time goes far beyond singing. Our worship time is meant to facilitate a space where we draw near to God, hear from him, obey his promptings, and pray for and with our friends around us. Singing is just a way to help facilitate our entrance into God's presence. So number one, worship is a choice, not a feeling. Number two, Worship is a response. We are responding to God's majesty, who he is, and we're also responding to his accomplishments, what he has done. And so this, this is summed up with two words, adoration and thanksgiving. We adore God for who he is, and we thank him for what he has done, not only on the cross, but in our lives as well. What is something that Jesus has done in your life recently? Is that something that you reflect on? Well, what if you were to let that fuel your response in worship tonight? Or every night, or every day? Who God is and what he has done should compel us to respond in our lives. 1 John 4.19 says that we love because God, he, first loved us. See, worship is a response to God's love. The Bible tells us that when we experience his love, we will be compelled to love others, which includes telling them about Jesus and his love for them. And when we respond in, in musical worship, we don't just sing about God, right? We sing to him. It's, it's, the dif- it's like the difference between knowing about God intellectually versus knowing God personally. And th- this is something that I've, I've had to grow a lot in, especially as a worship leader. And it wasn't until I started viewing musical worship as a means of expressing adoration and thanksgiving to God that I changed my mindset. It wasn't a means of showing off anymore. It was a way for me to present my best to God authentically. And when we present our best to God, he's glorified. Now, everyone's best might sound or look different, and that's okay, because what matters is your heart posture. Is it authentic? Yeah. I'm going to close tonight by reading Psalm 95. Um, worship team, you guys can come on up. Um, and I want you guys to, to listen to the language written by the psalmist and how they respond to God. This is Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his 
for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. This psalmist thought that singing, shouting, thanking him, bowing down, and kneeling were proper responses to God. What do you think? So tonight, as we, as we head into worship, I want to encourage you all to reflect on those application questions, but I also want to ask you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. In, in Psalm 95, it, it mentions several physical postures of worship. So I thought that I would create a list for us to practice during worship tonight. Um, during this extended time of worship, um, I want to invite you to choose one of those on the, on the screen that is, com- that is like normal for you. I want you to choose one that's one step outside of your comfort zone. And I want you to choose one, another one that is two steps outside of your comfort zone. And to practice those things while we worship God. Um, again, yeah, feel free to use the aisles. There's plenty of space. Another thing to do um, is to listen to the Spirit to see if He has any words of wisdom and encouragement for the people around you. And as we learned at Fall Retreat, God is always speaking. So why not listen? Listen.